Hello and welcome to the Formidable Over 40 podcast. I'm Sarah Pittendrake, a mum, award-winning entrepreneur, cancer survivor, mentor and coach. This podcast is all about sharing stories and showing that you're never too old and it's never too late to achieve your goals and change your life. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by photographer Di Jones, who specialises in commercial photography for infrastructure, construction, manufacturing and engineering architecture and interiors. Di has over 37 years of experience in the construction industry and pulls through this knowledge and experience into the industry she covers with her photography. The pride in Di's photography shines through, noticing every detail as if the subject she's photographing is something she has designed herself. What makes Di different is she gives a competitive advantage by promoting the importance of having relevant keywords and taglines built into every image. She's a self-confessed pixels addict, an advocate of alt text. So let's get stuck into this episode of the Formidable Over 40 podcast to hear more about Di and the incredible moments she's captured with her camera. So hi Di, it is wonderful to have you with me here this morning. How are you? Hi, yes, it's, it's really lovely to be here and the sun's shining as well. It's absolutely glorious and that was an amazing introduction. So thank you very much for that. I feel really proud sat here. And so you should, <laughs> absolutely. So just for the for the listeners who 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 may not know of you from LinkedIn or or from you know your photography, tell them a little bit about you about yourself. Right. Well, um, I live in the country in the Peak High Peak in the Peak District. Um, I've lived here for six years, having lived in Cheshire for fifty years of my life. I packed up home and uh, I moved here um, in a little rented place, which is absolutely beautiful. But I I left my home and everything that I had at home where I lived before to live my dream. And that was to be in the country with my camera, photographing the gorgeous scenery that's around me, because it's the photography and being outdoors that uh, gives me my, my freedom and the life that I want to live. So I gave I gave up quite a lot to actually have nothing but have everything. And that's definitely something that we're, we're going to talk about, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, further further on in the interview. So there's a there's a the the purpose of formidable over forty for me is very much about championing the midlife woman who has given all to everybody, and she might just be sat there on the sidelines thinking, now what? You know, on the crossroads of, gosh, you know, what what am I going to do? What what am I all about? And and feeling stuck. So, what what does a formidable over forty woman look like? And what what can someone who is sat on the sidelines or feels as if they're sat on the sidelines of life do to step into their power, to live their purpose, and to feel like they're formidable over forty? For me, I think you need to challenge the person that you are. And stop listening to everybody around you and step into the person that you are and you want to be. I think we can we, we can all be in this situation where we've been a mum, a wife, a sister, daughter all our lives and given everything to them. I know that I certainly have. But I forgot about who I was and I've always oh I've always played it small. I could have done so much more with my life and so much more with my career had I played it a little bit bigger. And I think we need to take a step back and be formidable and just push through. I'm a very resilient 
Um, I've always I've always run my own businesses ever from being very, very small. And mm. I wished I'd made more of an effort to be heard. And mm. I think we need to actually make ourselves be heard. Don't be afraid that people won't like you, uh, which is very good coming from me. Because <laughs> you know what I'm like. Um, but my safe, my safe place and the place I love to be more than anything is LinkedIn. Getting my face out there and being on video is another thing, but that's why I love the photography because I can hide behind the camera. <laughs> but I think being formidable over 40, taking, taking charge of who you are and stepping up to being the person that you can be, that you don't think you can be. Yeah, what to me, and I think that, yeah. I think that's really important to to everybody growing up. If I was to tell my 15, 16 year old self, I'd say, "Don't listen to everybody that's around you, and support yourself. Surround yourself with people mm. that will mm-hmm. support you." Yeah, and that's interesting because we're going to come to that question about you know, so die who was fifteen, you know, to the to die today. Yeah. What what were the the goals and the aspirations of uh, and, and who was Di when she was fifteen and then would you share your journey through to to where to to are you comfortable to share your journey of where you are today? Yeah, from- of course I am. Yes. Um, going to your question of my fifteen year old self. Gosh, well that question fills me with dread. It actually it actually makes me feel quite sick because it takes me back to a very dark time in my life. Um, there was a lot going on at home that wasn't particularly pleasant. I'd been through a really tough time when I was 11. I was the youngest of five, and my brothers and sisters were getting on, the, on with their lives, like you actually do at that age, but I was left behind. Mm. School wasn't really much better. I was bullied for two years straight, basically for sticking up for somebody who had a stutter. And every time mm. she got picked on, I would step in to help her, but I was the one getting bullied. Mm. Uh, and that was horrendous because I used to find different times to be able to go to school and try and get out of the lessons beforehand so I could miss the bullies. But it wouldn't stop there. I was too scared to go to the shops because they would bully me at the shops. I don't know what it was that they didn't like about me. And I've grown up with that ever since, thinking people don't like me. And it's only now I've got a therapist that's helping me through because being on LinkedIn actually helps me to realise people do like me. And I've actually started writing a book that has all the lovely comments that people say about me and my photography and about me as a person. And I think it's really helping me. And I think it could help other people is to have a book and write all the lovely things that people say about you, wherever you go and whatever you do. When you're Mm. having a down day, actually have a look at that book and think, gosh, well, yeah, people do like me. What a wonderful idea. Yeah. With the things that are at home, I, I didn't actually have anyone to turn to. The only thing that actually kept me going was work. I've always worked ever since I was being 12, 13. I worked in a, um, a restaurant with my mum uh, waiting on. But I did have two jobs, which I absolutely loved. One was working in a news agent as an assistant. And the couple there that owned it, they, they made me feel like I was wanted. So I used to love going in. Um, so I worked all day Saturday and used to stay late and go in early Sunday morning to actually get the papers prepared. So you can imagine how early I had to be up for that. And then Sunday afternoon, I would come home and I would go and collect uh, is what, what they used to call cancer coupons. So it would people in, in specific houses around my area had cancer coupons. And I would go out, go around and collect 
money for cancer. Mm. And I love that job. And I think that was because it was, it's really quite strange when I look back, because I always say I'm not a people person, and I actually think I am. Because um, I used to love going, because I used to meet people, and I got to know them. And that really started me on a step of just really loving work because it got me out of being uncomfortable anywhere else I was in life. So, yeah, um, my hobbies, uh, I used to have hobbies, and I loved, used to love knitting. <laughs> I, actually, I actually used to sit for hours in the evening with my mum tackling the most difficult fair art patterns that there were um, that I could possibly find. But I wished I'd actually kept those jumpers to remind my 57-year-old yes. me how... Uh, how wonderful they were. And I didn't, I got rid of them all, but they were really, really intricate. So I've always been creative as well. Um, and that gives me really lovely memories of my mum. And do you still knit, Di? No, I do. No knitting at all? Well, well I, I haven't got time because I've got the photography. Uh, I have actually got in my drawer yeah. beauty, a beautiful, um, really, really beautiful black wool. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I have been knitting a huge big blanket, but it's been stuck in my drawer for two years because photography's taken over my life. Yeah. Then it leads on to something else and something else. And if there's a sunset or a sunrise, I'm out with it. So You're there. You know, <laughs> or, or stars oh, or beautiful moon. Stars, Milky Way, <laughs> moon, yes, everything. Yeah. Uh, always out with my camera. So, yeah, <laughs> photography really took over my life in a very big way. Yeah, no, absolutely fabulous. And let's roll into your photography because, you know, I'm a big fan of yours and I love photography. And whenever I'm out walking or, or anywhere, I, I, I'm often heard to say, stop, I want to take a photo and I, I take photos on my phone. And, 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 and I love, you know, as they say, it's just something, isn't it? It's such a wonderful, a wonderful hobby to have. So tell us about your photography business and um, what, what was the story about you becoming getting into photography how how did you you get into it what were, were you doing something before that linked into it or or how did it happen uh no it photography found me photography found me really um i was i was busy being an interior designer i was doing lots of interior designs for high-end clients i've been an interior designer for 29 years um i've only just recently given it up i've got to make way for the photography but it was be safe to say that the photography actually saved my life Again, another another period of my life where I was going through a really tough time. Um, I'd gone through a difficult split with my husband. Both children had left to go to uni. I was recovering from a C5 disc removal that caused pressure on my spine and left me partially paralysed down my left-hand side. Um, that was a massive, massive operation. So I was still getting over that. So I was lost. I was just mm -hmm. absolutely lost. Um, I had the typical empty nest syndrome that many of us have. And I was going through the menopause. At 40, I had a hysterectomy, so I was going through that early as well. And I was suddenly find myself single fighting to keep a roof over my head because uh, I had lost everything. So my ex-husband had personally gone bankrupt and we basically lost everything we ever worked for, um, mm -hmm. hence why I'm still renting today. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a good time and I was lost in a world that I never really thought I fitted in in, but I now didn't fit in it at all. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, well, what do I do? Um, other than work, I love my job as a high-end interior designer, um, but one of the turning points in my life was actually Christmas Day. Um, my first husband, with the children, we always kept a 
a routine that every Christmas day they'd go to the, the dad one year and stay with me this year and then swap on Boxing Day. So it was their turn to go to the father. Um, and it found, found myself on my own on Christmas Day. And it was just so difficult for me because I was always the hostess was the mostess. What people, what people don't know about me is I absolutely love cooking. And I love cooking for big parties and I make all the food myself and make everything from scratch. But it's not something I actually talk about very often because I'm talking about photography all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so not having a house full of people cooking Christmas dinner and everyone playing games into the evening, I find yourself on your own. It's like, mm. what? where has my life gone? How have I ended up here? You know, on that day, that particular day, I sat and had a, a Greek salad for my, for my lunch. Mm. And I suddenly thought, what the hell am I doing? And it was either fight or flight. It was either do or die. Literally mm. that. I was mm-hmm. so low and I, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I still have loads of stuff hanging over me from my mum dying and being abused and one thing and another. And on that particular day, I went onto the internet and there was a, a thing came up. It was called Large Outdoors. And they were a group of people that would uh, go on little trips away. So I booked the trip. It was to go on near my birthday in January, a group group of people in Snowdonia in a hostel with people I'd actually never met before. <laughs> at, at the time, I was ne- I'd never um, stopped in anything less than a four-star hotel. I hated driving only because I was told I couldn't drive. And so <laughs> it goes on, the limits and mm. beliefs. Um, I was scared of the dark and hated mixing with people and I oh. to go on this holiday. <laughs> so that was it. That was that was a good good move. And it was like, what have I done? Um, so the children got home and I told them, and they had bets on that I wouldn't actually turn, I wouldn't actually go, but I was determined yeah. I would actually go, and I'm definitely going. I mean, this is the person that wouldn't even go to the pub with a sister, just wouldn't go anywhere, and I decided yeah. I'd go. And do you know what I went? And it was the most amazing, exhilarating time. And I just realised there was a whole bunch of people that actually liked me. Yeah. And and I really enjoyed it, apart from the fact that we went up to Glitter 4 and we went up on something called Dev, um, Devil's Kitchen. And I'm really uh-huh. scared of heights. They told yeah. me it was a really easy, an easy climb. And it for me, it actually wasn't. So when we got to the top, the, I, I, I just about managed to get to the top without crying. Gets to the top and said, when we get to the top, it's easy going down the other way. Oh, goodness for that. But the clouds came in, the the wind came up. Actually, someone actually got blown partly off it, not from our group, from somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And we had we had to literally on all on our knees, join together in threes and literally walk on our knees because the fog was so bad. And I'm thinking, how am I gonna get down that way? I've just come back up. And, yeah. and it took four four guys, and we were the last home. It took four guys to get me down. I was so scared. And it got to one little bit where there was um, there was there was a big stream, and it just literally went vertical. And they wanted me to jump over it. I was scared enough the first time going up, and I just went, "No, I'm not doing it. I'm going down the long way. You, you please yourselves. I'm not doing it." And they actually <laughs> they were all really really good, and they actually all really followed me. And yeah. they actually helped me down. I was quite proud of it, but I think that made me even more scared of heights because right. I was terrified. Um, so it was it was really, it was just absolutely brilliant. 
Mm. Um, and that was the turn. That was another turning point in my life because I challenged mm. myself to get out of my comfort zone and go and do something that I would never have even thought of doing before. Mm. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I used to spend my married, my second married life, just going to the shops and spending money and dining out and eating out and going on holidays to Spain and everywhere. I've had a place in Spain, and that's all we ever did. So I never really did anything for me. It was always living the high life, but not my life. And I think there's a big difference. There's a huge difference, isn't there? Because it's kind of, as you say, you're not really living your purpose. It's nearly being a, a someone's rather than being a someone, isn't That's it? That's right, yes. Yeah. So going back to the journey, how I got into the photography, um, I then did loads of walks with this group of people. And then they, they said, come on the Yorkshire Three Peak Challenge with us. I said, yeah, I'll come on that one. So I did the Yorkshire Three Peak Challenge. Actually, scared of, still scared of heights, but did the Yorkshire Three Peak Challenge. I did it in 11 and a half hours, so I was quite pleased because you have to do it within 12 hours. So I was quite pleased with that. But bear in mind, I just, 12 months previous, I'd had an operation and take a disc out of my neck. Yeah. And the vertebrae, the, my titanium plate that they put in between the two vertebrae, actually the first six months embedded itself, moved and embedded itself into the vertebrae below. Oh. So I was in a lot of pain and I had two vertebrae rubbing together, basically. Oh. And, um, yeah, so obviously it was a, a, a very quick trip to my neurosurgeon who actually said to me, Di, you, you cannot be walking that amount of miles mm. on a regular basis. You're going to have to stop. So I thought, oh, great. Now, now what do I do? This was, this was giving me my lifeline. Mm. Um, and I remembered I had a camera, um, a Canon 50D, I had a, and, and the, just the basic lenses stuck in a drawer. And I thought, well, I can do photography. I'll learn how to use my camera. I was one of these people that I need to be shown hands-on. Uh-huh. I don't quite get it. So I had a friend who was trying to explain it to me, and I'm like, what? I so... F stop. He said, well, take it off auto. Oh, I can't take it off auto. And so I, I bought, bought loads of books and I was reading from it, but it still wouldn't go in because it just doesn't. I have to be hands-on. Mm. One of the books I was reading, um, I looked in the back and the two very, very uh, professional photographers, and I booked to go away with them. So I booked to go on a course. It was in the New Forest. And again, it was a weekend away meeting different people I was really really nervous and I was there I was I'm always early I got there first and I had the most amazing weekend it was just phenomenal I even got to a point where I was lying on the floor in the woods and I hadn't realized that they had in the new forest they had um, the wild ponies yes. suddenly mm-hmm. suddenly because I want to wander off on my own so I didn't follow the group I wandered off on my own to the other side and I was lying down, and all of a sudden, there's all these ponies around me, and I'm frightened to death of horses. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear me. So, you can imagine. And I'm, like, talking to the horses, trying to get them to go away, and you're really nice, but please can I come past? <laughs> so I think that got, that, that got me into the thing of just really going out and I talk to every single animal that I meet when I'm out with my camera. Um, uh. So yeah, it was it was quite it was quite funny, and then 
Um, I think after that, I decided to go to, um, I got back and I enjoyed it so much that I went on to, I went to Bavaria photographing bears and wolves and wild wolves. And I went to Poland. That was amazing. It was in the middle of winter. And so we had to go and literally go to some hides. We went to three hides, three different hides. And in one of them, we had to literally crawl in the hide because it was underneath. And we were photographing eagles. Oh, amazing. Oh, it was absolutely amazing. But you had to stay. And I was with two guys. And it was only a two-man hut, but there was three of us in it. So there was two guys and me. And you weren't allowed out for 10 hours because you can't. You can't distract the eagles. You can't frighten yeah. them away. So you can imagine when I wanted to go to the loo, it was a little pretty, pretty damn difficult. <laughs> I'm sure. Goodness me. So, but that was, just, again, an amazing experience. Then I did the Slovakian mountains, uh, which was absolutely amazing. And we actually did that at nighttime, so it was a nighttime walk. So uh, it was very, on the, on the way back down again, scared of the dark and heights. The poor the poor guy that was leading us, his hand must have been dropping off by the time we got back down because I was going to go it. <laughs> Hanging on. <laughs> Hanging on for grip. But I don't let things stop me just because I'm frightened no. of it. There's always a way. Yes. There's always a way mm. of getting around with it. And poor some guy gets stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I was going to say, because like you've said there, you know, each of those things you've done, you were very nervous mm. before you did them, yeah. but you still did them. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people are held back by the fear. And it's like, you know, what if though? But what if? And, you know, there's a danger that some people might never realise their potential because they're not prepared to step out of their comfort zone. Yes. What, what I'd, and, that, and that is a real shame, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is... That has got to be one of the saddest things, hasn't it? Mm. So what 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 was it, do you think? I mean, I know you've said you just do it anyway, but what advice would you give to these people? You know, like they're sitting there and they listen to this inspirational story and these wonderful experiences and places you've been. And they're thinking, God, that sounds amazing. I know I am. I'm sat here yeah. thinking, God, that sounds amazing, but that would terrify me. Mm. What what advice can you give us to push out of that comfort zone, to overcome the fear and enjoy these wonderful things that, that you've done? Do something a step at a time. So so after I did all that, I realised I couldn't keep going on these big trips away. And I wanted, I didn't want to be held, again, I didn't want to be held back by going on trips and relying on somebody else. I didn't want to rely on somebody else. I wanted to do it on my own. So I would say go in small steps. Of course, I'm really frightened of the dark. I couldn't even walk to my car without being scared. Where I lived, I had the electric gates. And, and you know, you had to wait for the gate. You had to sit in the car. And it was just really, really scary to actually be able to do that. So it took me uh, probably two weeks to walk from my front door to my car with all my camera gear. And then I went one step further and I would drive to the location I wanted to do a sunrise. Of course, it's dark when you want to do a sunrise. What the place you need to get at is going to it's going to be dark before you get there. Mm -hmm. And I actually went to this location. It's Teg's Nose in Macclesfield, and I actually go to this location. And I went probably about ten times before I actually did it. So I'd sit in my car and I'd have a coffee and I'd sit there and I'd give myself a good telling off. I'd obviously cry on the way home because I'd not I'd not actually done it. But I wanted to do sunrises on my own. I didn't want to be limited. 
So I just mm. kept going and going and going. And I'd get out of the car, put the backpack on my bag, and I'd walk a little walk a little bit. And then I'd get back mm. in my car and I'd go home. And then I'd try it again the next day. And eventually I just thought, just do it, just do it. And so I did it. And it was just amazing. I stood there and I watched the sunrise and I thought, wow, this is amazing. And my fear, my fear, I realized where my fear came from is when I was attacked and abused, right. I was away from home and it was a stranger. And it was near, it was just in a really weird location and lots of places where you go to with your photography in the Peak District or anywhere. Mm. The the remote locations. And I was so proud and it was just so amazing. I, I just it was just amazing. And so I went from that step, going to another step and another step and another step. So I just started mm. going further places, going to more places, going to places where you know. If it's not photography you want to do, it's just taking the small steps. So if you want to go to a networking event and you're too scared to go, get somebody to go with you. The next time, go on your own. If you don't like it when you're there, walk out of the door. Nobody's forcing you to do anything. But if you want to progress in life, you can't sit back and wait for somebody to come and rescue you. Mm-hmm. Because whatever's gone wrong in your life beforehand, not that saying everything, everything's gone wrong for other people, mm-hmm. but if, if, you, if you don't get out of your comfort zone and go and find the person that you want to be, you will never be the person you want to be because you'll always be living for somebody else because they're the person that's come and rescued you. Rescue yourself first. Yes. Absolutely, really sound advice. And also, um, it's something that I cover in in my coaching, and it's a lot of overwhelmed people come to me, you know, a lot of overwhelmed CEOs and business owners, and and they've had a big goal, for example. And all they've focused on is that big goal. So rather than breaking it down into small steps and appreciating what they've actually done on the smaller scale, you know, that mm. that little step, they just keep focusing on the big goal and it seems so far away. And it's as if you, I, I nearly say it's like pushing it uphill, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas yeah. If, if you can break down into small goals and acknowledge every win, yeah. it's building confidence. It's you're seeing and acknowledging your achievements. And before you know it, the goal is actually rolling down to meet you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that goes with absolute, that's gone with everything I've absolutely ever done. Mm. Photography, building the business up, writing my courses, which we'll go on to later. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and it's just having the courage to go and just be the person you want to be. But don't listen to anybody else. Listen to your own gut and your own feelings. And if something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Mm. And it's it's being in touch with who you are as a person. But gut. Don't sit by the wayside. I know way too many people that mm. don't have a life. Yeah. They don't work, they come home and they don't do anything. They say, Well, I'm bored. And I'm like, How can you be bored with a whole there's a wonderful world out there waiting to be explored? Mm. Go go and explore it. Find your thing. Mm. Do do something. There's always something that you can find to do mm. that you'll love. Mm-hmm. Being choked by fear, possibly. Yeah. And self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of lethargy on their side as well of of not maybe 
being responsible for their happiness because that is something we've got to be, haven't we? We can't yeah. keep blaming other people no, for us right. not being happy because yeah. um, that's kind of a get-out card, isn't it? We've got to take responsibility for ourselves and, it's, and it sounds a lot easier said than done if you're in a situation that's, you know, where you may feel trapped and controlled or whatever, but you've got to make that, put that stake in the ground, haven't you, and be responsible. Would you agree with that, Di? Absolutely. I, I just think we've all got choices. Mm. And when I hit a crossroads, I think, okay, you know, you've got a choice. You either go out and you do it or you don't. Mm. Or if I'm feeling a bit flat um, and you think, okay, well, I'm not using the word bored because I've got, there's so much I can actually go and do. I think a lot of, a lot of the time for me, it's overwhelming. Do I do this or do I do that or do I do the other? Mm. But when I take myself out and going off out with my camera, I come back to being me mm -hmm. because that's where I find my happy place. And I think you need to find your happy place wherever that is. If it's going to a mm. spa, if it's going mm. to a swim, if it's going for a walk, if it's climbing, or just find something. My, my daughter recently put a photograph on. I think I put it on LinkedIn yesterday. It scares the hell out of me because she's way up high in the trees and she goes climbing and abseiling. She was absolutely scared to death of mm. climbing. Mm. started off and so she started off watching her boyfriend bouldering right he had a go and then they decided to do the climbing on, on a climbing wall indoors then mm. they decided to do a little climbing outdoors and i remember the last time i was with her she said oh i'll never do the big climbs no it's not for me and here she is now wanting to take her climbing exam so she can they can actually go travel the world teaching people to climb Oh, how fantastic. That is taking tiny, tiny steps of something you're absolutely scared of. Yeah. So there's another example. Yeah, absolutely. To step, in, to step into that fear and go and do what it is that you want to do. So tell me, Di, the, the gap then from, from where we've changed photography from being your hobby yes. to your profession, how did, how did that happen? How did that uh, evolve? Right. Well, first of all, it was obviously all my interiors. Um, I did hire a photographer to do some of my photography for me. And neither me or my client was happy with it because it didn't resonate with my style. So I had the camera, I had all the gear. And by this time, I actually went and bought, I, re I realized when I was out on these trips that I'd gone to, that my camera wasn't good enough for me. Because I am a perfectionist. And if I'm doing anything, I do it at 100% and it has to be proper. So I went out and bought, uh, I invested in um, a Canon 5D Mark III, um, all the specialist lenses, which cost an absolute fortune, and the filters and everything else that I needed for what I needed at the time. Obviously, you build on it as you, as you grow. And so I was doing all my interior photography, and then people were seeing that, and so somebody else wanted some interior photography. So I was doing lots of interior photography for, for high-end interior designers, uh, for a kitchen company, and then I was also doing their marketing for them. So I was doing their LinkedIn and Instagram for them. And this is going back about five or six years, five or six years ago. Um, so I was using all that at the time for their work. Um, and then a friend of mine in the village was moving and he said to me, would you mind doing our, we've had the photography done and it's absolutely dire. We're not going to sell the house as it is. Would you mind doing our photography and I will give you some business coaching. He's a very high-end business coach and I said, yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, let's do it. And he changed my way, the way I was pricing. 
Mm. He was saying, okay, well, where do you want to go? And I said, well, I can work all these days and I can charge that. And he went, you're selling yourself too short. Why are you not charging properly? And so we sat back and we worked. Where I wanted to be, working back, taking a few days out a week so I can breathe a little bit Mm. and do the editing and do the marketing because I forgot I had to do all that as well and take some time off. And we came back at a price. And I thought, no one will ever pay me that. Never in a million years. Yeah. And I'm getting double and treble treble now. Brilliant. Because, um, again, I stepped in out of my comfort zone. I started. And, of course, we then talked about what he, he realized that when I was talking, what lit me up. Mm. And lighting me up was obviously, obviously my hobby is still landscape and wildlife photography. Mm. But what lit me up was roadworks infrastructure, um, market um, engineering, sparks flying, literally photographing people at work, so really anybody that works at work. One thing was I always wanted to do roadworks, and I never really knew how to get into it. And it was only being on LinkedIn and posting it consistently, and they were only my um, landscape photographs. So for 12 months, I'd connected with one of my clients, we'd connected, who's my client now, we'd connect, and he'd been following me for 12 months, hmm. um, liking a lot, quite a lot of my posts because you can check who's following you. Yeah, yeah. Who's following you, so I knew mm-hmm. they were. Mm-hmm. So they were really only mainly my landscape photography because obviously I wasn't doing any of the roadworks at the time. And he then, in March, in January 2020, he contacted me and said, would you do some photography in Yorkshire for us? Then it happened to be in in, uh, the lockdown. Mm -hmm. And I went on that shoot and it was just absolutely, oh my gosh, I was like dancing. I was just like (laughs) giddy as a kipper. And I was in my orange, all my orange gear. I looked like an orange running up the road. It was just amazing. And... Oh, it was just amazing just to capture people at work to be. And I think what it was for me is there was probably about 30, 40 guys there. I can't remember how many. And me. And as I arrived, it was very, very, it was in Yorkshire. So it was very misty. And so the roads, we knew that they, they couldn't lay the surface because the road was slightly damp. And I said, well, if you think I'm sitting around waiting here, let, let you go over there and you go over there and... Let's uh, let's just take some photographs. Let's make the most of this opportunity. And then, of course, it got dry. And by this time, the guys were just in their element and they were really giddy and as giddy as probably I was. Uh-huh. And so it was literally about a two-and-a-half-mile road and I actually got in front of the, the truck that was laying the road and they were in concession, so you can't stop. And I was literally getting right in front of them, laying down on the floor with my camera. I've got my chaperone thinking, oh, my gosh, what's happening? She's going to get squashed. <laughs> you have to have a chaperone. And I get it so that the picture was perfect. Get up quickly and run. But, but at this time, I had a 15-kilogram backpack on with all my gear on. I had a camera over my shoulder, and I had another camera on my tripod. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And since then, I've been working with them now for... Well, since since March 2020, and I've done, uh, they've been my main client this year. Fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. So 
it's no, I was going to say, what is your why? That was my next question. And what drives you? Um, but I think that um, you, you can see, I mean, I follow you on LinkedIn and that's where we met. Yes. Um, I seem to, every time I meet, say, interview someone or chat to someone, I'd say, oh, it's I met you on LinkedIn. It's as if that's where my life is now. And, and But I've met so many wonderful people. And it's like you say, I mean, LinkedIn's been a big a big thing for you as well, hasn't it? And I was, I was just chatting to my, my guest earlier, which was Leah Turner who, you know, is LinkedIn. Yes. And um, we were we were both just saying that, you know, when I first went on to LinkedIn, I, I used to think it was all, you know, just for, for, for grey suits and, and it was going to be very corporate and stiff and so forth. But but it, it isn't, is it? And I mean, how has it been for you and, and your business? Well, I actually, I actually love LinkedIn. Um, at first, I was really scared. I mean, I started to properly post about five, four, five years, well, about five years ago. And I'm part, I'm part of a, a photography mentor group. And he, and he said, because at the time it was interior design, you see, I had to transition into the photography. And so he said to me, well, why don't you post every, want you to post every day for the next month and choose something to post about? So I did magic, magical Monday. So that was always pictures of stars. Mm-hmm. Um, motivational Monday, so it was a motivational quote or something. Top tip Tuesday. Wednesday was Wednesday, Wednesday wisdom. Thursday mm-hmm. was thankful Thursday. Friday, I don't know, I think it was a free fall Friday. And then Saturday was sunrise Saturday and sunset Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started doing. And I just, and so I started to grow. I've not, I've only got about Near, near about ten and a half thousand followers. So not, mm. not. I mean, talk about your last, your your last <laughs> one. hundred and sixty thousand followers. Leah, Leah, Leah is just, she's just um, she's just amazing on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah mega. Um, but Leah's Leah. Yeah. And there's, there are quite a lot of people who try and follow what Leah does, but they're not themselves. And I would say yeah. to people, be who yeah. be true to be who you be are. To who you are. Yeah, and you have yeah. To be true to who you are on LinkedIn because if mm-hmm. you're not people will find you out they see through it don't they it's it's, it. it's it is yeah. it's totally transparent and and the other thing is it, it means that you're not going to find like-minded people you're no. not going to find the people who you really click with and, and and gel with and and I think that is so important and yeah. uh, like you say about just be your authentic self and you don't need a thousands of followers you just need yeah. to have have people who who get you and uh, you know and who, who you can work with and 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 network with really don't you yeah because if you're not if you're not your true self you're not going to find your ideal clients either no and i exactly. think people, i think people miss that because if you're not your true self and when they met you and when they meet you they're like well you know well, that's not what i thought nothing like i thought you were yeah you exactly have to be who you are and you have to post your way there's no for me there's no right way there's no wrong way there'll always be a photograph there'll always be a video because that's my way yeah people have to find their way and work it that it works so it actually works for them but for me linkedin has been the most amazing thing i've met lots of friends from there obviously i met you there yeah yeah. linkedin is actually my very sadly linkedin is my life it's where i share everything i mean People know me more on LinkedIn than my own family know me. Literally, not meaning my son and my daughter, but my my siblings and yes. my dad. Yeah, um, they know nothing about me because they don't want to know nothing about me, and that's fine. Mm. So LinkedIn mm. is like my family. 
Yeah. And I post every day, 365 mm -hmm. days a year. Because mm. when it comes to Christmas, I'm very, very aware. I've, for everything that I've been through, mm. I was talking this with my therapist yesterday, and she said, you're very empathetic. Mm. I said, I am. And I think it's because I have been through so much and you, you look back at your life and the effect it had on you mm -hmm. and you will always help somebody else. Yeah. I mean, the other day I was out I was out on a drive. I was driving to the shops and somebody had knocked a, um, a pheasant over and it was still flapping its wings and I thought it was okay and I got up to the road and again, when you come out of my house, you can't, there's no, it's a one-way drive track and it's right uphill and you can't turn around unless you go further up. And if you come back down and you're trying to get out and somebody's coming, so I'm thinking, it's pouring down with rain. The only day it was pouring down with rain. I mean, I can't leave it. I can't leave it. I just can't leave it. And my subconscious was telling me, you can't leave it. So I pulled over into a, into, um, a passing place, got out of my car, took my coat off, ran right down the hill, which was miles away, found the pheasant, picked it up, put it in my coat, took it to the vets. <laughs> Fortunately, the sad little thing died. Uh, they, did, they did tell me that it would have suffered for days had they not taken it. Yeah. And that's that's me in a nutshell. Uh -huh. Yeah. Always what? wanting to help other people. Yeah. Very empathetic. If somebody if somebody is, rings me and says, oh, can you ring me? I'll ring them straight away. One of my bugbears is people not texting me back, not emailing me back. Yeah. So I would never do that to somebody else because I know how important it is. Yeah. So having yeah. that, going through so much and having all of that empathy, but that doesn't mean I'm a walkover. It's, yeah, exactly. Two different things. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll, I want to come on to your the next stage in your business because you've got some really exciting things coming up. So would you like to, to share what it is that you're up to? Yes. Now, this is me really stepping out of my comfort zone, but I'm actually going to do it anyway. I've been planning to do it for two years. I've sat at YouTube. I've looked at YouTube. I've done on courses galore, and I've just thought, I've got to do this. It's now or never. So I'm actually writing. There's going to be three courses to start with. The first course, and they're going to be online courses on Kajabi. Mm -hmm. um, the first course is going to be on um, what camera should I buy? It's the one question that people ask me, and it's not always about the camera. It's about what photographs you want, whether you whether you need a tripod, what computer you have. Because if you haven't got, if you're buying a, a camera that's got megapixels, is what people go for. And you get your camera back, and you can't upload your images onto the right computer yeah. because you haven't got the computers, the the space, the disk space on it. So it will be taking people through everything to do with photography, all the pros and cons of having a DSLR and all the pros and cons of having an iPhone. Mm -hmm. So then people can come to the decision as to whether or not it's an iPhone they want or a DSLR, so they will not make them a big mistake of spending hundreds of pounds on something that they think, oh, we should have got something else. Mm -hmm. So I want to help people to save them money to know where they want to go. So that's just going to be a mini course to introduce people to the photography. Mm -hmm. So then when they get to the end of that, 
And that will then come to, well, either choose the iPhone or the DSLR. So I'm doing an iPhone photography course and a DSLR photography course separate. The iPhone photo- photography course will come first. Mm-hmm. So that's going to, they're going to be signature courses. And the first 100, call, 100 people that sign up to each of those uh, will get it because it will be a beta. So we'll be testing it out. We'll be um, only at £195. Mm-hmm. Then it will go up to probably around about 345. It's not just about photography, though. I'm going to be adding so much more into it. So it will be covering alt text, titles, keywords. So it will be basically what I'm doing it for, although it will be for everybody, it's for businesses. Yeah. Can Content I just can I interrupt there? Because yeah. I've, I've been meaning to ask you this for ages about alt text. Yeah. What is that? Right. Alt text is when you have an, you put an image or an infographic up, mm-hmm. and if you just put that image up, then anybody that's blind, visually impaired, or some people who have autism, they can't can't see the picture or something, mm-hmm. they will have a screen reader, so they can actually be read. The, the screen reader will read out what you've written on the image. Right. So basically, you need to put the alt text of what what. Not colours or anything. It's just exactly what's happening in the on picture. The image. Right. Uh-huh. Because we all live in we live in a world where everybody goes on about diversity and inclusion, mm-hmm. and it absolutely drives me mad when I find out that people haven't actually mm-hmm. used alt text. Alt text. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can't you can't see where the people are. I can, I, I can often because of my internet connection. Yeah. So, so if your internet connection is low and you can't see the image, you'll see what somebody's written on the alt text. Yeah, on, right. The alt text for the image, but it's really important for them because if we don't do it, they're missing out. So for me, I'm passionate about it because why would I want my clients' photographs to be missed? Mm-hmm. Why would I want my photographs? Why would I want people not to be able to see just because they're blind? It doesn't mean me be able to see they can't see. It's yeah. a bit like putting captions on videos for people mm. who can't hear. Yes. Why, why would you not do it for photographs? I mean, there's uh-huh. still lots of people don't put closed captions on on their videos. Yeah. And it drives me what drives me bonkers because we are in a world of diversity and inclusion, and we need to be doing it. So that's why I you know, have on the top of my banner an advocate of alt text, and I go on about it all the time. I've actually a newsletter. But I'll be covering a lot of this in both of my courses. Yeah. So, because so so going back then, because that's really fascinating. Because I don't do it. I didn't know how to do it, but I will because yeah. I, I didn't. I just didn't know what it was really. But I, it, it's very important. Well, um, I have, well, I have actually got a newsletter. One of my newsletters, and I know I'd need to start doing more. But one of my newsletters is all about alt text, type right. keywords and alt text. Go to that, and it will actually. Yeah, explain I will. It. And right. I've actually videoed, I videoed my phone, I turned it to a screen reader and I videoed my phone, what my phone was saying. So it's just like in your body of text, if you use too many emojis, it's an absolute nightmare. So if you put three monkeys with the hands over the face, yeah, if the screen reader's reading it and it comes to the end of the, it'll go monkey, monkey with hands over the face, monkey with hands over the face, monkey with hands over the face. Uh. Could you imagine that being read back to you? So emojis are really important as well, just as much as camel case. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yes, on the message this morning, yes. So important for screen readers. Yeah. So when, if you imagine formidable, formidable over 40, mm-hmm. 
It starts with a capital F. The screen reader can't differentiate three words. Word is. Mm-hmm. So if you put a capital F and a capital O and a capital F, mm-hmm. the screen reader picks up the three words. Or read it right. Mm-hmm. Why LinkedIn actually haven't don't change it or any any of the social media don't have it that way. I'm not really sure because they mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. But I suppose it's up to the person that's doing it where the differentiation of letters are. Yeah. Well, I got that one this morning, so thank you. And you will see now, moving forward, I will be using camel case from now on. I, I, I will be doing it. You, you can you can check and and give me a little tick and a little star. So, was there anything else you wanted? Because I, I I rudely interrupted there to find out about all text. Was there anything else you wanted to add about your online coaching? Because it's important to to get yes, that get um, that out. And at the end of that, a lot of people don't know this, but I actually, in my time, only recently stopped teach LinkedIn. I don't shout about it because I want people to know me for photography. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you have to have that niche, don't you? But I want to carry that forward um, into the, this is where my USP is going to be, that I want to help people with the creation for the, the content creation with photography, because I'll be covering video how to do the videos. It'll be just covering absolutely everything. I'm just about to write the sales pages. Mm. Uh, But there will be a freebie, which will be um, a mini LinkedIn course, just the basics of how to get everything right, make sure that everything's right on your profile, Mm -hmm. and the basics of making sure that your images actually get seen and you're writing your body text properly. There's there's lots of LinkedIn trainers out there. Leah Turner, obviously, is one. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of others out there that you, you can go to. That's not where I want my expertise to be. Well, this is a really good opportunity. So people, when they get to the end of the course and they've got their images, I want them to know how to use them properly. Yes. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then there'll be ebooks and lots of other things as well. Um, so the two courses, the What Camera to Buy and the iPhone course, Keeping my fingers crossed, I work hard enough. We'll be out mm-hmm. before Christmas. Brilliant. The other one I'll be concentrating on after Christmas. I think once I've got used to Kajabi and how to write sales pages, because I'm doing all of this on my own, I have no one helping me. Yeah, and yeah. Run the business. Um, I think once I've got people involved in this, um, once once I've done one of them. Yeah. At least then the rest becomes a little bit easier and then the more money comes in, you can start getting people in to help you. Yeah, and you're, you're, a, you're a perfect example of that. You're never too old and it's never too late to design that life you love and to learn, uh, you know, new experiences. And, and you, you, you know, you, you're going out there and you're, you're learning to do something completely new. You're, you're, you're putting on a new link to your business and, and another um, incremental revenue stream to what you're doing. And, and you're constantly growing. And so that is a wonderful message to anybody in midlife, who's sitting there thinking, "Well, it's too late for me." It's mm-hmm. it's it's not too late, is it? And that that's that that's the message. There's one question I've got to ask you because I I would really love to know you 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 behind the lens. You must have seen some fantastic things. You must have captured some fantastic um you know images. What would you say has been a real standout moment for you behind the lens? I bet there's there so many, time, is there? <laughs> there was one time when I was, I mean, they all are. For all my clients doing the spa, doing photographing the spas, being on the um, photographic 
Shadow in the Channel 5, doing the Hot Tub Brits was just amazing. Mm. They actually used some of my footage, my video footage on the programme, which was fantastic. I loved that. Working with Eurovia and the Ringway Jacob, the Eurovia group is always just magnificent. I love it. Yeah. And I get, get giddy at any photography shoot that I do. Mm. But if there was, if I was to choose one, it would be I was out in the middle, out in the middle of the field at two o'clock in the morning, and the stars were just phenomenal, and I could actually see with my eyes the Milky Way, and I did obviously photograph the Milky Way. That is one of my favourite photographs. And then there was another nighttime photo shoot um, in the middle of the night when we had. I've forgotten what it was now, but there was a phenomenon that was going on. I went out to photograph and I got it and it was just mm. absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So, Beautiful. yeah, photographing stars and being mm. out in the middle of the night when it's just completely silent. I didn't go on my own. Somebody was with me. Yeah, I yeah. Bad if I'm having somebody with me. But again, I don't <laughs> yeah. stop it. I don't it didn't stop, stop you though, did it? It, it doesn't stop you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I live with my heart in my mouth half my life. <laughs> <laughs> but at least the key thing is you're living and that's the thing. I am. I mean, I'm scared to death. I put it on my link, one of my LinkedIn posts yesterday. I'm scared to death of this course. I'm scared to death people won't like it. They won't do it. They won't, I won't sell it. But I mean, you're, uh, I mean, I think, I think you put on your post this morning, you've got, um, Lucy on later yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, I'm doing, Lucy's doing a, a web, a, masterclass on thursday and i'm going into that and i'll probably end up working with lucy yeah well she's amazing and she's she's made her dream her reality uh-huh. and we can all make our dream a reality but it isn't easy hmm. no, it isn't easy it is hard work you know people think leah has has come from nowhere and, and gone well she has come from nowhere and made, made it happen but she's worked really really hard at it yeah nothing yeah. comes easy if you're not prepared to put the hours in then don't be prepared to get the result because you won't get the result. And half of this, half of this, most of the time has to come from, it has to come in your spare time because I've got a business to run, you know, other people that Lucy and Leah have got children and, you know, but we find the time to make it happen. Yeah. And, absolutely. It's, and it's about making the time to stop, stop having excuses and make it happen. Committing. To your future, yeah. you know that's it, and the, yeah. there's, there's no point in just sitting there and moaning because you, you're right. No one's coming to save you. No. You know you, you've no. got to be responsible for yeah. for your own happiness. Um, because blaming other people is just stagnating your progress. You ain't going to get yeah. anywhere. Yeah, Nothing, right. nothing's going to change if you don't change. We're coming to the end now, and I always ask my guests if they would pay forward some advice. Yeah. So what I'd like to ask you is what is the biggest piece of advice you would give to people embarking on a journey of reinvention or finding a new direction in well post 40? I would say folly if you have a, if you have an idea follow your heart. Mm. Follow your gut because your mind will talk you out of it. Mm. Stop listening to people that aren't backing you. And be true to who you are and do what you want. I have so many people, so many friends that are not living their true purpose because they're living for somebody else, mm-hmm. whether it's for their, their husband, their children, or, or whoever it is, or they're just too scared to do it. But be, be you 
and be who you want to be, but be authentic with it. And I think you can't you can't sit back and blame that your life has gone wrong in any way whatsoever if you're not prepared to put yourself out there and risk take take risks. Gosh, since photography, I take that many risks mm. because if you don't take risks, you're not going to get the images. No. So if you don't if you don't take risks with what it is you want to do, you're not going to get anywhere. Sitting sitting back and doing nothing isn't going to give you the results that you want. No, and yeah. neither's taking the easy route. No. Because that's the other right. option, isn't it? You know, um, it, it sometimes it might feel easier just to think, oh, do you know what? I, I can't be bothered. I'm just going to take the easy route. And all that happens is it's a vicious circle. It is. I mean, I have got less now than I've ever had in my whole life. I mean, when, when I was in, living in Cheshire with my ex-husband, we had it all. We had the millionaire lifestyle. We had the house in Spain. We had the big house. We had everything, but I'll swap. I I will. I wouldn't go back to it. Mm, I'd mm-hmm. like to have a little bit more money, which is why mm. I'm building my courses because I, yeah. I need to take control of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm I'm happy. You know, I've got. I'm I'm grateful every day I wake up and I've got this beautiful surround. People say to me, "You're lucky living there." No, I'm not lucky. I made it happen. That was my post, remember? I yeah. said how annoying it is when people tell you you're lucky. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. not. It isn't luck. Making it happen. I made it, I've gone through blood, sweat and tears to be here. I, I live in a little, well, it's not little, but I live in a beautiful rented house. I don't want to rent. I hate renting. Well, I love renting this place. But I'm building my future and I'm not blaming anybody and I'm getting it out there and doing it. But I'm happy just being here and I think, gosh, how good, how good I am. But then people say, you're lucky. And I think, no, it isn't luck. I've walked away from everything to be penniless, to start all over again. And it isn't, it is, at the age of 57, it is not easy to start all over again. It really isn't, especially when you're single. You're a woman, you're on your own, you live on your own, you work on your own, you do everything on your own. Yeah. And then COVID comes along and completely wipes your savings out. You know, so I'm starting all over again, all over again. And it isn't easy. But I'm not letting it stop me. And I'm not making somebody else to save me. I, I was just going to say, and you're completely in control of your happiness. You are. Yeah. And, and what a wonderful role model you are. An absolute wonderful role model. And it's been an absolute joy, Di. And I knew it would be to interview. I'm so glad that you, you've joined me now. The listeners, where can they find more about you? Mainly on LinkedIn at the moment. Mm-hmm. I do have a website, um, which is still being upgraded. And, but they can find a lot of stuff on the, on the, on the website, which is www.dijonesphotography.co.uk. If they follow me on LinkedIn and ring the bell underneath my banner on the right, um, and they follow me, um, they will get all the updates coming soon for all my courses. Um, I will be, I'm starting to share lots lots more tips, which is one of the things I was scared about. But why am I not sharing what I know? Because I've got a whole load of knowledge on how to use these things. So why am I not sharing it? So yeah, so they, they can find me there if they want to know more, if they want any photography jobs, then go and have a look at my profile. Uh, I've got lots of recommendations. And I pride myself in what I do, and I pride myself with. Um, I think the recommendations are a massive, massive boost for me, uh, because it 
my clients get my personality as soon as they meet me. Mm-hmm. They know I'm just absolutely bonkers. <laughs> bonkers is when, good. <laughs> when, you, when you're jumping up and down, when you've got a photograph and you go, yes, oh, my God, look at that, then they know they've got the right person working for them. <laughs> That's called passion. That's called passion. It is, yes. Yeah, and that is a wonderful thing to have in what you do. Well, all it leaves me now to do is to thank you all for listening to the Formidable Over 40 podcast and thank you so much, Di, for joining us and sharing your advice. You can find more information about the things we've discussed on this episode in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes and please do share this podcast with anyone you think will enjoy it or needs it.